Welcome into Loho Daily. I am Loho, a.k.a. Lawrence Holmes. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. I spent a lot of time on the show today talking about the Rooney Rule and the merits of the Rooney Rule. And I know that for some people, talking about situations like this are uncomfortable, mainly because they think it's a personal shot at their own of being labeled a racist or a bigot or someone who has biases. I'm probably going to stay away from the word racism in discussing this. I will talk about bias, though, because I feel like it's something that is a little bit more relatable. It's easier to understand than the, the definitions of racism and the role that racism may have played or continues to play in the hiring or non-hiring of of people of color. I think that all of us have biases. If we look at even simple stuff of who we choose to date, oftentimes we end up dating people who kind of look like us. I feel like the, it's a necessary evil that the, the Rooney rule is in play. And the reason that I think that it's a necessary evil is because of some of the stuff that you're seeing with the hiring. I have no doubt that the coaches that were hired for jobs, clearly Mike McCarthy is a qualified NFL coach. Matt rule did an incredible job at Baylor. And I, I can understand why someone would want to look at him as an attractive candidate to be a head coach. The problem is that, there don't seem to be chances taken on candidates of color. Granted, Ron Rivera got a chance real quick, and he deserved one because he had a track record. But let's not forget, it took a long time for Ron Rivera to find his way to a head coaching job that he was clearly qualified for. Even after he left the Bears... And then ended up having to be a linebacker's coach after being a coordinator to put himself in a position. Ron Rivera is an example of everything that you want someone, if you're from the you gotta earn it camp. He's a perfect example of someone who went out there and earned it. He worked as a quality control coach. And if you don't know what a quality control coach is, He's the guy that's doing the cut-ups. He's the guy that's getting at the time when Rivera was doing it for Dave Wanstead. He's getting all of the tape together for the coaches to look at in a more efficient way. It's a guy that won a Super Bowl as a player. And he started on the lowest rung that one can start as a professional coach. So, yeah, I would say that that he's he's earned it. He's earned that opportunity. If the Rooney rule wasn't in place, not that NFL owners are, aren't just going to hire who they want anyway, but if the Rooney rule wasn't in place, it would be so blatant, and it's pretty close to being blatant now. Now, here's my thing. I, I want to give people the benefit of the doubt. I usually default to trying to give people the benefit of the doubt. And I don't think that it's an active, we're not going to hire any black people 
to run our franchise thing. I don't I don't think that that's that's the approach that owners are taking. I think that they are blinded by their biases and they don't they don't even know that it's happening. I'll give you an example from the Bears. I don't have anything to back this up. I'm just using this as an example. Well, and it doesn't even have to be racial. I think that when Ryan Pace looked at Mitchell Trubisky, he saw himself. And it may have been harder for him to see himself in Deshaun Watson or in Patrick Mahomes for whatever reason. I think that he looks at Mitchell Trubisky as being a guy that had to do it on his own and and worked hard for everything that he had. The other two guys did that too. But it's difficult for, it may have been difficult for Ryan Pace to see past that. And it was a an easier grab for him to go, this guy is just like me. I like the way that he goes about his business. I think that he's going to do everything he can to try and be a good quarterback. And I'm going to bet on him because when I was him, I would have bet on myself. That sort of thing. I think the NFL owners, they're looking at, at some of these coaches and they're just they're just saying, okay, yeah. I mean, obviously this guy looks the part. Like that's what we're talking about. The bias, the concept of looking the part. What I said on the air and what I'll, I'll say here. Give yourself a chance to be wowed. In Dallas alone, there is a candidate named Chris Richard who was high on people's list two years ago as a possible head coaching candidate. And his name was, you heard it a little bit, and you hear it in NFL circles by journalists, but he was never really considered to be a serious candidate. Now you could easily say, well, look at the disappointing year that Dallas had. You're right. Look at that disappointing season. That doesn't mean that there aren't good coaching candidates. I think where the bias comes in for coaches of color and women, and luckily we're starting to see some of that change, and and one of the places that we can look and find that change is on Tampa Bay's coaching staff with Bruce Arians. I think Bruce has been a really good example of what it, what it can look like where you're adding more people to the party because you're opening up your mind to those people being similar to you even though physically they are different from you. So he's hired women coaches before. He has Byron Leftwich as an offensive coordinator. And my hope is that when Bruce really retires, because, you know, he doesn't retire, when he really retires, that Leftwich will be looked upon as a rightful successor to Arians. That he will be the guy with his thumb on the scale. The ownership will have the thumb on the scale for him instead of outside sources. Leftwich is a really interesting guy because when I look around the NFL, I'm trying to find the pipeline of offensive coaches. 
And Eric Bieniemy is one of them with Andy Reid, which I'll get to in a minute. Byron Leftwich is another one. Raheem Morris did some offense, but now he's back on defense. Under Tony Dungy, Dungy did a great job of empowering black coaches. And you can just look at the list. Look at the list of guys that coached under Tony Dungy. And where they ended up. And how they got their shot. And in some cases, like Lovey Smith, it worked out. And, and Mike Tomlin, it worked out. In other cases, it didn't. But what, what I always hope is that you at least give yourself a chance to be like, you know what, I, I wasn't thinking that this person would fit what I wanted to do with my franchise. And now I see that this person does. And then maybe that opens your eyes to giving someone else another opportunity down the road. It sucks, man. I'm, I'm going to be straight up with you. Seeing this cycle of, of coaches was disappointing. And the thing that disappointed me the most was, in Biennemi's case, this is another guy that had the bona fides. And I'm not saying that he should be given a job. But there didn't even seem to be serious consideration for him, and that's troubling. He played in the league. He succeeded in the league. We play almost a decade in the league. He's a Heisman finalist. He did his time as a position coach in college. Did coordinating. So a guy putting together an offense and calling plays. He did that in college. He's doing that for Andy Reid now. And Andy Reid goes above and beyond to put his assistants in a position to get hired as head coaches. He's had a good track record of it. And honestly, he's had a good track record of it versus Bill Belichick and his disciples. Andy Reid is the type of person that I'm talking about that gets the, well, this person doesn't necessarily fit the same formula, but let me see if I can be wowed. He gets guys through his system, through his tree. He promotes them. He then, like, promotes them inside the Kansas City Chiefs. Then promotes them to the world. He went out there and stumped for Matt Nagy to get a job, for Doug Peterson to get a job. And he was doing the same thing with Eric Bieniemy. My hope is that some next year when the cycle comes back around, or if, if Cleveland is, is still trying to figure out what they're doing with their head coaching job, that enemy gets the opportunity because it fits into the same network of coaching that has produced a coach of the year and a Super Bowl champion. Recent, most recently, it's produced a coach of the year and a Super Bowl champion coach. But if you have people who are unwilling to open their eyes to the possibility of new thought or a new type of person in a, in a different job, then I don't know where, where that leaves us. And it's, it's like I was saying earlier, it's why I'm glad that the Rooney rules still exist. Now, here's what I find troubling about it. When you look at some of the coaches that are rejecting 
conversations about head coaching jobs, rejecting interviews. Because I do think that there's a a league-wide kind of, why would I do that? Like, think about the idea of you know that you're not going to be hired. You know that you're being used to help satisfy the mandate of we have to hire, we have to interview a person of color. No one's hiring Marvin Lewis ever again to be an NFL head coach. And I think that Marvin did a great job of working with Herman Edwards at Arizona State. And I think it's honestly the type of role that he should do for the rest of his coaching life. He looked happy. That team's been good. Herm's done a great job down at Arizona State, by the way. I know the Fritz Pollard Alliance, which is a group of people that champion the hiring of of African-American coaches. I don't know if they've extended that to people of color in general and women. They should. Because I think that that's a, I think that's the next thing. But having Marvin Lewis get interviewed, it does nobody any good. Jerry Jones knows he's not going to hire him to be the head coach. He might hire him as an assistant or even a coordinator, but he's not going to hire him to be the head coach. So what does that do? Well, this is a guy that's already kind of in the network. You're not going to learn anything new there. You know who Marvin Lewis is, and you know what he's about. But if you were to legitimately interview Eric Bieniemy or Chris Richard or Byron Leftwich, you might walk away from that interview going, I wasn't really thinking that those guys were going to convince me to give them that job. But now I have to seriously consider it. And those are the things that make it such a sad thing that when you have coaches who have some success in the league, Lovey Smith and the way Lovey Smith's deal in Tampa ended was just disgusting. Um, that general manager still works. And Jim Caldwell, who was just summarily thrown out in Detroit. He's, he had been successful in Indy and in Detroit, he got fired after having a winning record and taking the Lions to the playoffs. And he's never on these lists. It's that type of thing that you see it enough, it becomes stifling. It stinks so bad. And that's why I say I I don't I don't want to believe that there's a conspiracy. I want to believe that qualified people are going to be given a chance. But if you're not even willing to bring them to the table for real, legitimate interviewing purposes, then why would they want to involve themselves? And you're missing out. You might be missing out. You might be missing out on someone who can lead your franchise for 10 years. You might be missing out on a better coaching option at a lesser rate. 
and I brought this up on the show too, with Matt Rule, him having his pick between the Giants and the Panthers, you had two franchises warring over one coach, which is great for Matt Rule, and he his agent got him a hell of a deal. While that was going on, if I was Carolina or the Giants, it would have allowed me to reopen my search. Like This guy costs a lot of money. Can I find someone similar for less? I'll give you an example from baseball. Joe Madden is one of the best managers in baseball, period. Where the Cubs are right now, is it worth it to them to have Joe Madden be their manager for $5 million a year or $6 million a year versus David Ross getting an opportunity for $2 million? I don't know what David Ross is making. I'm just, I know it's less than what Madden was getting. That opportunity would have been afforded to the Giants and or the the Carolina Panthers. And, and they, with the Giants, they went with Joe Judge. But when you start looking at resumes, if it were a blind resume that you were shoving in front of ownership, Eric Bieniemy's versus Joe Judge, there be no contest. None. Even all the way down to the fact that Judge would get his his recommendation from Bill Belichick and Bieniemy would get his from Andy Reid. Andy Reid coaches have been more successful than Bill Belichick coaches are. So blind resumes. You would pick the other guy. And let's say that you you were so blown away by Bill's thoughts on Joe Judge that it wasn't a slam dunk for Bieniemy. You still wouldn't take the meeting with Bieniemy? I would. So I think most people would just like the process to be fair. And it doesn't seem like it's very fair. And it really, really sucks. Thanks for listening.